0: Broadcasting live from the chimney, this is The Monstrous Feminine, the podcast where horrible humans talk about horror. My name is Taya and I'm joined by my evil Santas,
1: Mila, Louisa,
0: and Zayla, and this is our second holiday special of the month. Before we get into it, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or the Apple Podcast app. You can find all of our links on our Instagram at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast.
2: This week we are covering the 2015 horror comedy Krampus, directed by Michael Doherty. In Krampus, a young boy named Max becomes disillusioned with Christmas time when he notices that his immediate and extended family are extremely dysfunctional. To punish them for losing the Christmas spirit, Krampus, the demonic version of Santa from Alpine mythology, visits the household to pick them off one by one. I knew St. Nicholas was not coming this year. Instead, it was a much darker, more ancient spirit. The shadow of St. Nicholas. It was
0: Krampus. This is basically the Polar Express, um, but like the dark version.
2: That's already pretty dark. That film freaks me the fuck out.
0: If I just got snatched by some people and they took me to meet Santa Claus and like drink some good ass hot chocolate, I would be fine. Yeah,
2: but not in that like Uncanny Valley type animation. I wouldn't like it. Okay, so should we talk about the Krampus folklore?
1: It originates in Alpine Germanic folklore and he is this half demon, half goat.
0: He's Mr. Tomness?
1: No, 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 no. He's like full goat. It's not like he's a censure. Like he is, he is a goat. He's just like a goat man. Horned and. Yeah, yeah horned. Okay. Yeah, like picture like the devil. Picture the devil. So he and St. Nick are like, and then he's like the counterpart to St. Nicholas. He's one of these Christmassy
0: spirits. They should have put him in that Rise of the Guardians movie.
2: I love that film.
0: I bet you like Jack Frost in you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't like that call out. Children, (laughs) stop. So he and St. Nick visit children on the 5th of December and St. Nicholas rewards them if they're good while Krampus punishes them with their bad, often with birch rods, which is something you like whip people with in like the church.
0: He beats them with birch rods.
1: There is something called birch rods. Remember metamorphosis? This is similar, like what he whipped her with. That is like what we're thinking of here when we're talking about birch rods. That would be enough motivation
0: for me to not be bad, I gotta say.
1: Well, you know what? You're all going to be visited by Krampus because I can't even get through the description. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going.
0: Krampus comes
1: from the German word krampen, which means claw. In Alpine Austria and some parts of Germany, they still have what's like day known as like Krampus knot, which is Krampus night. But apparently adults on this night will dress up as Krampus to frighten the children in their homes.
3: I'm on board with that. I don't like all this using Santa
2: as a scare tactic. It's not Santa. It's Krampus. Well, or Krampus.
0: I guess, like, maybe this is, like, the joy of, like, believing in Santa. But, like, I, again, never really experienced that because I knew my mom was buying my Christmas present. I don't think there's joy in believing in (laughs) Krampus. Yeah, I think I would rather not but is this like saying if you don't believe in santa then he
1: comes no 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 it's not necessarily linked to be fair it is linked to the christmas spirit
3: krampus aside i feel like at least in my childhood santa was used as a threat like every year i would write santa a letter and then he would write me a letter back being like you barely made the good list and here are a list of ways that you can improve next year to make sure you don't slip because you just got under the radar i lived in fear from. October to November because I had to catch up from all the bad things I had did.
1: I was gonna ask you guys, would you be visited by Krampus or Santa when you were a kid? And clearly you're a Krampus kid.
0: mine is when I was like, between the ages to like five to seven, I was pretty devilish.
1: Mila, would you have been visited
0: by Krampus or Santa?
1: Santa, obviously.
3: Really? Hmm. Obviously Mila is good. For this month's Witch of the Week, we are going to shout out people who had the Monstrous Feminine as their top podcast and their Spotify wrapped. Our next few shout outs go to Niamh Hawk and Clarenzal. Thank you for listening to us many, many hours of our
1: voices. Perhaps you listen to us just as much as we do. Yeah, Niamh Hawk streamed us for 1,531 minutes. God fucking bless. <laughs> Oh, this this is in Spanish. El podcast que más escuchaste fue The Monstrous Feminine. I think that's the podcast you listen to the most, <laughs> The Monstrous Feminine. But I don't know that tense and I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lo siento, that was bad. Friendly
3: reminder that we're also on Patreon. For £1 a month, you can gain access to our Discord. For £3 a month, you can hear uncut discussions from our main episodes. And for £5 a month, you get all that, plus a bonus episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please support us.
1: I may have, like, loosely watched this. Like, I put this on and then proceeded to clean
0: my house. I struggled to focus. I was on my phone a lot.
1: This film was just not engaging because I feel like it wasn't enough of anything. Like, I wanted it to kind of be more camp or something, but it simply wasn't, but it was kind of trying to be, and I was like, no, no, you need to commit. Like, the gremlins committed. You did not. So it doesn't have the same charm, which is interesting because in a Roger Ebert review, they were like...
0: This actually is pretty good review, shockingly.
1: Yeah, I know. This person who wrote this article was like, oh, I liked the fact that um, they were played in a relatively like straight matter, and it wasn't a campy approach. The actors also, he said, played it in quite a straight way, um, and this is from something he liked about it. And I was just like, but that's something I didn't like about it. I thought it a it was not played that way. And B, it was not played that way enough. Like, it should have gone full camp for me to find this entertaining. And it simply didn't.
0: I don't think I wanted camp from this movie. I think I wanted more art house. I wanted it to be weirder, but not in, like, a campy way. But in, like, a, uh, I wanted the the boy maybe not to, like, take responsibility for bringing Krampus. Because, like, the reason why he did it anyway or, like, did, tore up his letter because his family sucked. But in the end, he took, like, all the responsibility and, like, apologized. And then all the children were the ones who, like, got the bulk of what happened to them and even though they like walk up and he was watching them through the bulb or whatever, it just felt like very much the re- adults didn't have any responsibility and I feel like when you're a kid, most of the things that go on is out of your locus of control. It's very much like a reaction to the way that your home life is or the way that your parents treat you or what you're lacking in like parenting. So I felt like it would have been nice if instead he like actually kind of relished in the fact that his family was being punished for how they treated him and like his cousins made fun of him or any everything, but he just in turn turned into like this very apologetic figure who felt like he had unleashed all of this on people who didn't deserve it. But in, in actuality, they did in a way, maybe not pr- getting drugged to hell because I think that was the <laughs> implication of what was going on. But like his family did like ruin Christmas for him. And so if we're going by like having the Christmas spirit and, not being cruel, then it made sense. But, like, I think... One of the art y horror concepts that I really like now is, like, the horror of, like, loneliness and um, feeling alone and, like, how that makes people react. And I feel like they could have leaned into that a lot in this movie and they just didn't. And so to me, it just didn't feel like a whole movie. It just felt like something happening, something happening, something happening. Like, it wasn't a bad movie, but it just didn't really hold my interest.
2: I was really disappointed. I thought I was going to love it. I think I was expecting it to be a lot funnier. And I think that there is, like, actually pretty much zero humour in this film. Like it's funny in the way that like all American films have that kind of like weird slapsticky vibe to them. Okay, I'm going to take over Louise's crazy chain. Sorry to call it a crazy chain. Yes. Your anti-communist gremlins masterpiece thesis. Okay, I was confused about the whole Krampus law because they set it up to be like through the German grandmother. It's like, if you lose hope... Krampus comes and you're punished for losing hope. But it's not necessarily about like belief and it's not about like a childlike wonder. It's like specifically about hope, especially coming from a German grandmother, makes me think there's some sort of wartime metaphors in that. And so I'm gonna go on a crazy fucking rant here and say this film, if you take the way that loss of hope is presented negatively, if you swap that out for belief in a Christian God, I'm going to say this film is weird Christian propaganda.
3: Well, I think like Christmas themed anything, Christmas themed media secularizes itself, right? Especially things that are like, aimed at children, I guess, but like also stuff that's aimed for adults. So like maybe you'll have like a a mention of a nativity or like a a mention of the Christmas story and like maybe that's central to it in some way. But like they make it secular because you you sort of have this message of like Christmas is not about Jesus. Christmas is about giving the spirit
2: of hope. And then the like weird connection to the Germanic folklore. I don't know. It just seems like they threw these elements together and then when you like add them all up you're like this film makes no sense.
0: Didn't they also lean into the German grandma or aunt in like that other movie in the Christmas horror one? I guess they do that to like tie the folklore to it but to be honest like it feels a bit out of place. I kind of agree with Mila in the sense of like the way that it was sounding like her entire village got punished for being affected by war that they didn't do
3: anything in. American media around Christmas is like about this like how grateful we should be and like the reason Krampus is coming to punish this kid because he's ungrateful. Like he doesn't believe and he's pissed at his family and da, 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 da. But like America came out of the war a little different than Germany. Like they they had a reason to feel grateful. So I don't know.
0: Grandma is saying like what she's from World War II. In that case, this is a bit different. Considering like this could have been like a village where there was a camp nearby um, and they were all complacent. It could have been that she was a Hitler youth. I don't really get what they're getting at because like in the case of the grandma, it highly depends on like how involved her city was in World War II because depending on what they were doing, like maybe it was justified.
2: And the aunt mentions she's like, what are you a Jew when she doesn't have ham for the dinner? to even include a German character, have a Jew comment to make it about Christmas and then to suggest that like, you not believing in Santa, you're
0: going to go to hell. I feel like maybe they should have just like not made it. Maybe just say like her family got displaced when they put up the Berlin Wall and everything and they were on the East side, so they were living in squalor.
1: Yeah, they did not engage with the context
0: at all. I really struggle with Hollywood films that do that. There was like this period and like, I would say like up until about 2018, there was like this weird trope in horror films where they would like throw in World War II out of nowhere. Like there was a show on FX called The Strain and it was like a vampire show and all of a sudden it was like Nazis. And then there was the, that movie The Unborn and it was like, all of a sudden she was like, yeah, and this goes back to Nazis. And I was like, uh.
1: The amount of times I had to, at least school in Britain, uh, I had to study... Nazi Germany over and over again. I think it's this distraction tactic because it's like the one war where like England looks good. Yeah.
0: Y'all are really obsessed with wars.
3: Y'all are obsessed. Y'all are, y'all will not, y'all will not leave like that post-war thing alone. Like you still eat like you're in the war and I cannot account for it. It seems like your history curriculum is like the Tudor's. And then like some, inco- like some mysterious thing where England did some things, you completely skip colonization. And then it's just the world wars back to back over and over. Now, I think it's just so ingrained in everybody that like, yeah, World War II happened. Throw that in there. Like it literally feels like they just seasoned it with like references that they weren't about to connect. I would categorize this as a slapstick, but like, I think they also wanted it to be scary and they thought for it to be scary, there has to be something serious also about it. And I don't think that that is the case.
0: There's something very uncomfortable about using like actual traumatic events in horror. Like that just shouldn't be done. I think there's a line. They should have just thought about a lot of things before they made this movie because they're like using it as like the grandma being like everything, all these terrible things happened to my village that I lived in in Germany during World War II.
1: I mean, we've talked about just going to the point of like, There's a line and what what should we make horror about? We have mentioned it in other episodes talking about like black horror in the sense of like if it's like very overt and real and happening, it does not translate well to horror and that sort of unconscious fear portrayal of like supernatural oogie boogie spooky because it's like no no it's real and this is like weird that you're portraying it that way when you could just make like a historical drama and it will be equally horrific if that makes sense but also with this film in general with the comedy I really couldn't tell if it was mocking or criticizing or mocking to criticize or just mocking to make funny out of whatever it is particularly with the uncle like are we making fun of guns or are we pro guns are we making fun of the nagging housewife woman and being like sexist or are we commenting on that on like everyone's treatment of the mom like that i couldn't tell and i feel like with comedies like if they're funny then you can tell in that way this film felt really dated like i thought this was like Like, it felt like
3: an early 2000s type of comedy in the way that it was, like, so disconnected and so, like, unaware of itself in certain parts. But then this is also, I think, where horror and comedy have their, like, sweet overlap. Like, I believe everything is on the table to make a horror about or everything is on the table to make a joke about if you do it with tact, right? Like, I'm, like, it's rarely like the topic at hand, like I've if I, I've seen it done well, I've also seen it done badly. And I think it's the same thing in a comedy where it's like, yeah, you can make a joke about that, but I didn't think this movie was that funny. And th- in the same way where it's like, yeah, you can make a horror about sensitive topics, but it's got to be really well done. Like, I don't think I would say there's anything that should be like completely off the table in your art, but I think like they're super similar genres in that way. And especially so when they overlap.
2: I mean, we don't hear much from like Tony Collette's family about- their political views but the other the cousins and the sister they're like made out to be this sort of right-wing pro-gun racist type family but they made like so many fat jokes and they like equated a lot of their like unlikability to them being like really greedy and lazy i know this is a very american
1: stereotype like comedy in general so fat focused. comedy in general yeah you're right
3: i was just listening to a podcast about this like a media studies podcast about like anti-fatness and american media and american comedy specifically i guess it's like sitcom kind of comedy is what they were mostly focusing on but it's like looked at as like something you would really be afraid of happening to you or like a moral failing like that greed point of like and they also talked about like you know like the michelle obama time of like we're gonna fight obesity like childhood obesity in america is like blah 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 blah, 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 blah. like it was not looked at as like you know even like a class thing we're really just looking out for your health like it's not us being like fat phobic it's we're really looking out for you
1: yeah which is why this film's kind of extra problematic because they have also copious references to that family in particular being like working class and like not having as much money so it's kind of like to throw in like fat jokes or lazy jokes or whatever is also indirectly being like this is why you're poor too
3: yeah you're poor because you're lazy and you're fat because you're lazy
0: milo i guess maybe this goes back to your christianity point because i think sometimes the reason why Uh, there's so much of like anti-fatness in the media is because glutton is considered to be one of the seven deadly sins and so people just kind of lump it with that as like something that's a deadly sin that's a moral because it goes with like greed and excess and taking so other people can't have kind of all like lumps into like this puritanism of culture.
1: Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Feminine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Spotify at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast and on Twitter at The MonFem Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on TikTok at The Monstrous Feminine Pod. Brooms up, witches out.